Welcome back to Ether Hour, everybody. I am your host, Conrad Franz, joined by Dimitri Kalyagin and a special guest who we'll introduce in one second. But this is sort of our part two to our icon episode. It's been a while. We got kind of distracted with a lot of Zionist focus and whatnot, of course, with what was going on in the world. We wanted to break down a few behind-the-scenes topics, historical items and whatnot, but we're back on some Orthodox tradition, I guess, focus, and we're going to be talking about iconography, some interesting historical items, some current aesthetic elements in orthodoxy, some cathedrals and icons and pieces of art. We're going to break all of those down with our fantastic guest today. Dimitri, how are you doing? And how about you introduce our guest here? Doing great. And I, I mean, I was looking forward to this episode for a long time because it's rare to speak to somebody with, you know, not not just, I mean, everybody's talented in their own way, but a very clear, palpable talent. It's similar to singers, um, you know, people who are sculpting, you know, working with their hands and essentially creating things and not just creating things for money but also creating things that benefit other christians for god and in fact today we have our guest the american iconographer shane swenson so you may have heard about him on twitter or seen his work around the us or perhaps even actually ordered some of his icons online before but he's been uh he's been quite active actually promoting some of his some of his work and his iconography is incredibly beautiful traditional and he does bring to it a certain american touch so i just want to thank you uh, shane for coming on to our show and actually speaking about some of your work and just iconography in general because it's rare to get a professional of your caliber you know in order to uh speak about it so openly because you guys are quite busy painting churches iconostases for example uh iconography on walls and even private order you know orders for icons so thank you for um coming on to the show yeah, thanks for having me and for making me sound a lot more important and cool than I actually am. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, we've been planning this for a bit. Last year we've been talking and it just, you know, the holidays and everything, it happens. But right, right, We're going right. to talk about, uh, again, like we all love, I mean, everyone loves their icon corner. It's one of the, no matter what you think, you may have three icons in your icon corner. You may have the biggest icon corner like St. Elizabeth, but... We, we all, uh, you know, it's one of the main things that brings people to orthodoxy in a lot of ways. You'll hear about, you know, Protestants kind of ditching their iconoclasm and the, you know, iconography is one of those things that really uh, is really powerful. So I guess we'll just kind of hop right into it with a little bit more introductory material. Shane, one of my favorite things you do is you post when you do some of these church restorations with some iconography that gets damaged with water damage or whatnot. You restore it beautifully and you update everybody on that. What is... Uh, what does it kind of look like to take on those projects? I know you can only do so many throughout the year. How do you, you know, I, are there people that reach out to you and you have to say no, of course, because there's just so much going on? Or like, what's the, uh, how does it look to like find a parish, have someone reach out to you, look at the, look at what needs to be restored and kind of begin that process? Well, so the best, well, the best place to start is always the beginning, right? So the the church I'm currently working on is uh, Holy Trinity in Butte, Montana. It's uh the community is awesome, but it's a Serbian Orthodox church, by the way. The community is awesome, but the church itself is equally as awesome. Um, it's a super historic church in the history of Orthodoxy in America. Uh, the church itself was started by you know, St. Sebastian. And I mean, they have stuff there, like they have a gospel there that was given to them by St. Tikhon. Uh, there's, there's a lot of history in the church. Uh, the building that the actual church building that I'm working on uh, was constructed several years ago, like 30, 30 years ago. The original church itself, unfortunately, due to 
the effects of mining in Butte, Montana. If you know anything about Montana, especially Butte, it has a really long history of mining. That's sort of what put it on the map, but also a giant influx of immigrants from Eastern Europe. And that's why we have a Serbian Orthodox church there. Anyway, uh, so the original church was, I'm going to mess this up. Somebody that goes to that church is going to hear this and and go, that's actually not true. But generally speaking, what the priest told me is that uh, the original building itself was for all intents and purposes condemned because of the way that the mines were dug, I believe, underneath the ground, like close by. So essentially, it just wasn't safe to be in. So unfortunately, the original building uh, was condemned. And so they had to um, construct a new one. Uh, the altar, though, I mean, everything of historical importance that was in the original building was obviously transferred to the new church. And so in the community, you know, everything's pretty much the same. They just were forced to um, construct a new building. So I believe the original iconography was done in the early 2000s. And it was a team of gentlemen from Serbia. Imagine that a Serbian church had mm-hmm. Serbian guys come over and paint their church. <laughs> and uh so the original team of iconographers came over and uh, painted the church and, you know, all, all, all was well for however long. And then a couple of years back, they had put a new uh, roof on the building and some, you know, it was done maybe not the best. And so there was some water damage and long story short, the plaster, they, they ended up having to replace some of the actual, um, structure itself and not just the roof so uh there was a huge section of the iconography and since it was painted direct uh, it wasn't painted on canvas and then glued on the wall which is that's a whole other conversation about technique but that's one way that churches do things to kind of avoid this situation now with uh, modern materials but it was done seco which which is essentially painting directly onto dry plaster and so when the structure of the wall was damaged, all of the iconography itself was destroyed, basically. And so one of the original iconographers is a very good friend of mine, and he was actually contacted a few years back. He uh, He's actually, now when I, he's the closest thing I have to a uh, formal teacher. He's he's definitely a mentor uh, and someone that I, I lean on if I have questions. I'm mostly self-taught, but that doesn't mean that I, I learn things just solely on my own. Like the iconography community is shockingly close knit and I've had a lot of help. So I don't want to misrepresent and like sound like an arrogant, you know, like I, everything I know I taught myself because that's not true. But what I mean by self-taught is I have, I, I didn't go to like a school. I didn't go overseas. I don't have any like formal, I didn't go to workshops. Or I don't have any formal training and we can get into that later on in the episode if you want to talk about that. But as it relates to this, the original iconographer is just a really good friend of mine. And um, a couple years back, he had asked me if I would go over and assist him with this restoration. And he ended up getting sick. He has some health problems and he just couldn't do the job. And I ended up getting a phone call out of the blue last, I think it was last year. I got a phone call out of the blue from a nice lady that sort of facilitates this sort of thing at the parish. And um, it's kind of a long story how I came up, but yeah, she got my information from a priest, a Serbian priest in Arizona and, you know, mentioned me to Father Deacon Ananias, who I've known for a long time. And, you know, he vouched for me and she didn't know that I knew him. It was very, it was a very providential thing because I, I find out later on that she the original one of the original iconographers that worked on this church origi- originally 
she had no idea that he was someone that I had trained under. So it was really, really odd when she found that out. She's like, wait, you know him? So um, anyway, so she contacted me. We talked. I went over there and took a look at it. And yeah, providentially, this it's really weird. If, if you, I mean, if you're an Orthodox Christian and I mean, it, you don't have to be an iconographer. You don't have to be a, a priest. You, you, can just, you can be just an Orthodox Christian going to services, trying to, you know, be an Orthodox Christian. Things, God just sort of makes things happen whether you deserve them or not, oftentimes. And yeah, so any any sort of opportunities I've got as an icon painter, almost all of it has been a situation like this where things just connect and providentially uh, you end up with these opportunities. So this specifically this church over in Butte, I don't know if I would say, like if I was just walking in there and I didn't have a connection with the original artist, it, it might be a little more challenging, you know, for obvious reasons, but it's great because I have, you know, the guy who for all intents and purposes is a, a teacher of mine. I have him on speed dial, you know, and he painted the church like 20 years ago, but I can be like, Hey, right here. Do you have photos of what was here? Cause I, I'm doing a restoration. I'm not, I'm putting back up what was there. Now it doesn't mean I'm copying everything exactly, but I am, you know, the, the color palette's the same. I try to keep things as true to the original as possible out of respect for the community, but also out of respect for the original iconographers. So um, there are variations and, the, you know, I do have permission to have creative license. We're, we're changing, you know, where we put certain things, but that's because I have the original iconographer to sort of lean into. And so it's, yeah, it's been great. It's been really beneficial for me. I've, it's, it's sort of been that next step that I wanted to take and an opportunity that as an iconographer in the U S doesn't come your way very often. We don't we don't have the luxury in the US of having schools to go to to learn this stuff, you know. It's a very small community. Orthodoxy generally speaking is a very small community in the and the, the pool of competent American iconographers that haven't come from overseas to live here is is almost non-existent. And so I have never had the opportunity to go and study in Russia or Serbia or Greece or whatever. And so I feel like God has just connected me with people and opportunities to sort of make do with what I have so that I can be faithful to the vocation that I've been given. So hopefully that is a long-winded way of answering your very simple question. <laughs> that was great. No, that makes complete sense. And I mean, restoration in my eyes, like reading about the restorations which are taking place in Europe, especially after the onset of communism, you know, there's like thousands, yeah. hundreds of churches which need to be restored. And I'm like, uh, but it's not like in your case, which you mentioned, it still sounds really hard, but this church was built in the early 2000s, right? And I'm hearing about churches yeah. built in the 60s or even pre-Russian you know, Russian imperial times. I'm like, okay, so this, we're talking about next level. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how how much how many hours of work there actually exist for iconographers around the world. Let alone if churches, from what you say, even get damaged by mundane things like rain and bad plumbing or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like a, a leaking roof, for example. Like I've I've had a cathedral in my life where like the priest was complaining the roof leaked and like some of the iconography on the ceiling was damaged. But or even um if you're in the Middle East, like you know ISIS or Israeli bombing. I mean, frankly, like just yeah. like blowing dust into the church, things like that. Which it sounds weird, but that's actually what they have to put up with, and then that iconography, um, you know, needs to be fixed up by people like yourself. So essentially, like you guys are not just the artists, but you're also essentially the the repairmen, so to speak, and the repairwomen, right. because there are women iconographers too. For anyone wondering, like, so right. it's kind of an interesting position, I think. But um, yeah, just uh, had a, had a very 
question, like a very sort of personal question, I guess. In your yeah. personal experience, have you come across, and I think most of our listeners would be interested because the question, you know, when you think about orthodoxy, you think about the iconography, the classical, it's one of the aesthetic selling points of orthodoxy. But I guess if yeah. you can even say it, that's a thing. But uh, miracle working icons, that question really does come up because it is such a big part of our tradition. And me personally, I've not frankly seen an icon stream myrrh or you know perform miracles sort of before my very eyes i have smelt myrrh from icons before and it is very um kind of supernatural it's like not not exactly a cologne or a perfume but from your sort of personal perspective uh obviously this 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 is something spiritual and you know uh, supernatural but have you have you witnessed any icons as an iconographer actually stream myrrh? i think people would be interested to hear anything about that Yes, uh, I have uh, not. I mean, it's definitely not something that I, you know, you see all the time and it wasn't, it wasn't one of my icons. So I'll just say that right at the gate, you know, it definitely wasn't one of my, I mean, it, once I paint an icon and it goes out the door, it's not, you know, God just does whatever he wants with it. So I'm not trying to denigrate that or prop it up. It just is what it is. But what I saw was, um, you know, if you're an American, you, you, and you're Orthodox for even, or even interested in orthodoxy for any short amount of time, you'll probably hear of or have heard of. Thank you so much for listening to the free preview of Ether Hour, everybody. Be sure to get behind the paywall. We talk with Shane about the streaming Hawaiian icon. We talk about the Russian military cathedral, some other amazing stories about orthodoxy and iconography throughout America, some miracle stories, and some other stuff just about the beautiful craft of icon painting. So with all of that, get behind the paywall. You get all of the Ether Hour episodes, and it helps support the show. So thanks so much for listening, and God bless. Yeah.